what's up everybody my name is kevin borba i'm a junior at csu stanislaus and i'm going to be doing a podcast about the nba playoffs and everything you need to know about the eastern conference playoffs so i'm going to break down each of the first round four series uh starting with the milwaukee bucks versus the detroit pistons um i'll briefly talk about the games that they played um some important stats that i noticed some important trends that i noticed and then at the end of each series i'll recap the whole thing tell you my thoughts on what the teams need to improve on and what the teams need to do whether they're getting eliminated or moving on into the next round so starting off with the milwaukee bucks versus detroit pistons the one seed versus the eight seed and milwaukee won the first game 121 to 86 which was no surprise to anyone as milwaukee was dominating the season as Giannis Antetokounmpo was playing his playing lights out probably going to win the MVP it's between him and James Harden we'll see um all the Milwaukee Bucks starters were in scored into double digit points which is really helpful um Giannis had 24 points 17 rebounds and four assists and a plus or minus of 30 um all these stats are according to CBS sports um if you don't know what plus or minus is i know not everybody's like super into basketball or like understands all the analytical things a plus or minus is a formula which i'm not a big fan of math but a formula that calculates a player's quality of play with like his impact on the over on the game overall so basically if he's scoring assisting uh rebounds defense anything really that uh helps a team uh is calculated into a formula and like most things in life, obviously you would want to be in the positive. Um, the Detroit Pistons had many of their players in the negative when it comes to the plus or minus, so that's something to pay attention to. There was no Blake Griffin for the Detroit Pistons in the first game, which he's their best player. Um, he's a former all-star, kind of on his way down the hill, I guess, in this point in his career. And then Andre Drummond was our leading scorer for the game. Um, game two, Milwaukee won 120 to 99. Eric Bledsoe showed up big for the Bucks, giving Giannis a little break, even though he scored 21. Uh, Eric scored 27 points. Andre Drummond provided 18 points and 16 rebounds for the Detroit Pistons in a losing effort. Um, there's still no Blake Griffin in this game as he was battling, battling a, leg in, a knee injury. Um, you could really tell that it was bothering him. You could really tell that it was bothering him. He played his first game. Uh, game three, he scored 27 points and seven rebounds and six assists, which you would think is good, but you could tell something was off on him when it came to watching him. Um, he just wasn't as explosive. He's used to being one of the most athletic guys in the league, and if you don't remember, he jumped over a car. So not many people could do that. He jumped over a car and dunked. So when you don't have that kind of athleticism and you're accustomed to it, it really puts a damper on how you play and possibly affects how the team plays. Um, Detroit had no bench production at all. They only scored seven points combined. Your team, your bench cannot score seven points combined and lay everything on the starters and expect to win. Um, Milwaukee's bench had 42 points combined. Their bench shows up really well. They had George Hill who scored a significant amount. Um, game four, the game four, the Greek freak took over scoring 41 points, nine rebounds and three assists. My thoughts on this series was Milwaukee had an easy time, as they should have. Um, the Eastern Conference playoffs are not nearly as competitive, or and the conference itself is not nearly as deep as the West, the West conferences. Um, Milwaukee pretty much dominated the whole season 
when it came to the regular season, and they're carrying that mojo into the playoffs, and hopefully for them at least they could keep that going as they'll have a tough series versus Boston next next round. Um, another thing that I noticed, they were able to play basketball their way, which is getting out into transition, letting Giannis do his thing, let him facilitate, pass, pass the ball to shooters. They're missing Malcolm Brogdon, who is a part of the – 50 40 90 club which if you don't know what that is he shoots 50 percent from field goal range 40 percent from three and then 90 percent from three pointers which is not a, some not something a lot of people do um so to miss him is really unfortunate but the bucks are playing they're playing good without him right now um letting Giannis take over uh detroit is not even close to being a contender and they can they won't be a contender if Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are their two best players. Which they're really good players. It's just they're not they're not enough to help them win a championship or maybe even get past the first round of the playoffs, let's be honest. Um Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond simply cannot be the best player on any team, especially in a league that's uh sh- three point shooting driven. And Blake Griffin kinda has developed himself a shot. I saw a lot of workout videos of Andre Drummond shooting threes, but I did not saw, see a lot of threes being made this season, or even attempted. Um, Detroit, when it comes down to it, they just need to draft better. Uh, they took Luke Kennard, and that was a solid pick, I guess. He'll provide shooting eventually, but if they want to make it to the playoffs, but not only make it to the playoffs and advance, they need to draft a star. Maybe a Zion Williamson, but the problem is, they have no trade assets, and they'll probably have like a mid middle of the pack pick since they made it to the playoffs. They only hurt themselves, honestly, but they didn't want to tank, which I could understand that. Not everybody wants to lose on purpose. Um, but really, their best players, or their, the only players that I see having any trade value, are Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Luke Kennard, Wayne Ellington, which Luke Kennard and Wayne Ellington will never be the best players on a team. They're just spot-up shooting that a lot of playoff contenders might need to come off the bench. Um, they have Reggie Jackson, which if you don't remember, was the backup point guard for Russell Westbrook on that Oklahoma City Thunder team that eventually lost the Miami Heat. And then they have Thon Maker, who they actually acquired from the Bucks, But he really hasn't grown into what everybody thought he would. He's an international prospect that everybody thought was going to be basically the next Kevin Garnett. And he re- that really hasn't come to fruition yet. There's still time. But those are the only guys I can see having any kind of trade value that the Pistons have. So really it just comes down to the draft because no free agent thinks Detroit need to go there. Because honestly, who wants to live in the cold weather or in Detroit in general? No offense to any people from Detroit. The second series I'm going to be talking to you about is the Toronto Raptors, the two seed, versus Orlando Magic, the seven seed. Um, game one actually kind of threw off the whole basketball world as the Magic upset the Raptors 104 to 101 with my guy DJ Augustine out of Texas University. Shout out to Texas. Um, scoring 25 points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard showed up and played well, and so did Pascal Siakam for the Raptors as Kawhi had 25 and Siakam had 24. But here is the problem. And Raptors fans, I know you're accustomed to seeing this. And you're probably like, what is this guy's issue? Kyle Lowry had zero points. Let me repeat that. Zero points. Over in seven on field goals and over six on threes. The Raptors lost by three points. If this guy makes one three, 
it's a whole different game. They're probably going to overtime. They probably have a lead. Who knows? But Kyle Lowry, nothing else fails. When it comes to the playoff, Kyle Lowry seems to always struggle. Game two, the Raptors bounced back and won 111 to 82. They really brought it to the Magic, showing them that the first game was a fluke. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had 37 points. Kyle Lowry stepped it up and actually scored 22 points, which is unheard of from him in the playoffs, I guess, just because he always seems to struggle. In game three, the Raptors continued their success. With the, the game was a little closer. I'll give it to the Magic. Um, Terrence Ross scored 24 points, but it wasn't enough. The Raptors won 98 to 93. And Pascal Siakam scored 30 points, which I'll get to it later, but the emergence of Pascal Siakam is really something that the Raptors are, should be grateful for as they found a gem out of New Mexico State. Game four, the Raptors won 107 to 85. Kawhi had 34. Pascal Siakam had 16. Norman Powell off the bench had 16. Serge Ibaka had 13 off the bench. They were getting a lot of bench production, and it helps when Serge Ibaka scores because he's also one of their best defenders, not counting Kawhi. Um, he is a defender that Marcus Gasol really isn't anymore in this point in his career. Serge Ibaka still has a little left in the tank. Um, the Magic, they Aaron Gordon scored 25, which I guess would be like the only bright spot for them. Um, Jonathan Isaac, who they took with a lottery pick, scored zero points at, and started the game. As the Raptors, if you're a Magic, Magic fan, um, having a starter score zero points is not something that you would want to see as you're probably not going to win that many games. Um, I really don't understand why the Magic continuously draft power forwards that are tall and lanky. Um, maybe they'll find a way to draft someone who's not a power forward this year. We'll see. Game five of the series, the Raptors won 115 and the Magic only scored 96, which this was the closeout game for the Raptors. Kawhi had 27. Pascal came in hot with a cool 24. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts on this series right now. I think the Magic are a young team with a lot of potential. It's just they really need to draft better. That's that's what it comes down to. They have zero star power. They have I know they have Nikolai Vucevic, but honestly, he'll probably get traded I'm predicting to a playoff contender, or not a playoff contender, but a championship contender. Like, you don't want him being the best player on your team. He was an all-star, give him that, but at the same time, he was on the Magic, where he's the best player, he's getting all the shots, but he's just so inconsistent, and you really just can't have him scoring six points one game and then 20 the other. You need him scoring 20 points a game if he's going to be your best player, and that's just not in his in his arsenal. Um, Kyle Lowry, like, I just don't understand what his issue is when it comes to the playoffs. His playoff struggles continued this year, um, scoring zero points. Uh, Raptors fans have to be getting tired of this as it seems to be a common theme where the playoffs come around after they had a great season and Kyle Lowry just chokes everything away, forgets how to play basketball. But they should be very enthused about Pascal Siakam out of New Mexico State. He's a third-year player. He's really improved. I think he'll actually win the most improved player. His first year, he only played 15 minutes and averaged about four points a game. And then his second year, played about 20 minutes, got a slight increase in both minutes and points as he scored seven point three points a game. But this year, he's a bona fide starter, playing 31.9 minutes a game, averaging 17 points a game. Possibly the most improved player. I think he will be. I'm really high on the Raptors this year. I have them representing the Eastern Conference in the finals against the Warriors out of the West. Um, if you need to learn anything about the West, listen to 
my boy Kevin Hahn's podcast as he'll be covering that side of the playoffs and I'll be covering the East. Um, all those stats about Pascal Siakam were according to basketball reference. I think if Pascal could kind of make up for Kyle Lowry's flaws and also be the future of the Raptors because we don't know if Kawhi Leonard's going to stay. Um, it's really hard to tell what he's thinking as he's basically a robot that plays basketball, I guess. Like, the guy shows no emotion. He has no media presence at all. I think seeing him in a Gatorade commercial at the beginning of the year was the first time I actually saw him on TV besides actually playing in a basketball game. Like, he's a low-key person, which is fine. It's just you would like to know what he's thinking, but really no one knows. We don't even know if he knows what he's going to do next season, but I'm predicting he's going to go to the Clippers. We'll see if that comes to fruition. The third series I'm going to be talking to you guys about is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76ers, the third seed versus the sixth seed, the Nets being the sixth, Philadelphia being the third seed. Um, This series had a lot of unexpected, I guess, drama between Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons. Yes, you heard that right. Jared Dudley is making headline news somehow, and it's not for his great basketball play and probably never will be. Um, Game one, the Nets shocked the 76ers and won 111 to 102. And I made predictions for every series. And this series right here was actually the only series where I had an upset happening. I had the Nets winning in six, but that did not come to fruition as I'll get to that in a little bit. And D'Angelo Russell in game one scored 26 points. Karis LeVert had 23. And Spencer Dinwiddie provided a spark off the bench with 18. After this game, this is where the emergence of the Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons beef happened. Um, In an article by SB Nation, it showed that Jared Dudley held Ben Simmons to two points when guarding him, which Ben Simmons ended up having nine points, which is very low for him. But at the same time, he's not a really lights-out shooter, never will be. Well, he he could be, but not yet. The dude has no jump shot. He, he could be a lights-out shooter, but he has no jump shot. Ben Simmons does not have a jump shot, so until he develops a jump shot, he probably will never be an elite scorer. Um, Jimmy Butler carried the load for the 76ers, scoring 36 points. Um, ben Simmons only had nine. Like I said, Joel Embiid scored 22 points and had 15 rebounds, but he was 0 for 5 from three, which he's he could shoot the three. I wouldn't say he's a lights-out three-point shooter, but he can make a few of them. I would definitely count on him to make more threes than Ben Simmons. Uh, but here's the problem. His plus or minus was negative 21 when your best player, or arguably best player, is not contributing to the team, like even though he scored 22 points and 15 rebounds, his play was not benefiting the team. And you can't have that out of Joel Embiid. You really need him to provide a spark and an energy for the team that they kind of lack as he's not. Him and Jimmy Butler, like I would say the co-leaders, they're both vocal. Ben Simmons is more of a lead-by-example type of leader. And Tobias Harris, who's new to the team, as a newly acquired at the trade deadline from the Clippers. He's not really a leader, but he could be the best player. It just depends on the day. Game two, the 76ers beat the Nets 145 to 123, and this is where the beef gets interesting. Jared Dudley said, Ben Simmons is a great player in transition, and once you get him in the half court, he's average. Is that a wrong statement to make? No. But since it's coming from Jared Dudley, everybody's like, what are you saying, dude? Like, Jared Dudley... Honestly, if you saw him walking down the street, you would not think he's an NBA player. Like, no hate on Jared Dudley. It's just like you look at the guy and you don't think, wow, that guy's an elite athlete. He has that typical dad bod. But you can't be talking about how average Ben Simmons is when you're... That would make you at least below average at best, I guess. And Ben Simmons felt the same way, saying that's coming from Jared Dudley. Nothing more, 
nothing less. That's a perfect snippet of Ben Simmons. He doesn't say much in the media, but when he does, it's it's usually something. If I was Ben Simmons, I personally would be almost offended, I guess, from Jared Dudley saying I'm average because if a below average player calls you average, like you definitely need to improve. And even people in the media are constantly criticizing Ben Simmons for not having a jump shot. So hopefully he develops one over the summer. But moving on to game three, uh, D'Angelo Russell was able to score 26 points and Ben Simmons scored 31 as, I guess, like a, a statement game to Jared Dudley, if that's even a thing. If you need to prove something in Jared Dudley, I don't see why. But Jared Dudley was, if you're wondering, was 0 for 2 and had 0 points. Um, There was no Joel Embiid this game as Joel Embiid is dealing with a lower body injury. I hate to be a hockey-type coach with a lower body injury, but I believe it was a knee injury, which you do not want to see in a 7-footer. Look at Yao Ming's career. When a guy that big has leg issues, it's usually reoccurring. And you hate to see that for such a young, promising player like Joel Embiid, but he sat out for a large portion of his career already. He's missed more games than he's played. Um, you just want to see him get healthy. He sat out the whole last month of the season to get ready for the playoffs, and he's still not ready. Um, watching the, N- the TNT playoff show with uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq, they both noticed that he's out of shape. Back to someone who shouldn't be telling you who's out of shape, uh, Charles Barkley. If you look it up, there's a famous picture of him sitting on a stationary bike yelling at his teammates to practice harder while he's eating a cheeseburger from McDonald's. So I don't know if that's the guy you want to be taking workout tips from, but if he's noticing that you're looking a little sluggish out there, it's definitely something. Um, Shaq recommended for Joel and B to start swimming more just because that's like the only way that could get you into game shape. Um, they both recommended that he lose some weight as he's carrying a lot of weight on his knees. And once he gets further on into his career, I don't know if he'll be able to carry that weight anymore just because that's a lot of weight. I believe he's pushing 300. Um, he probably wants to drop maybe 10 to 15 pounds to be a little lighter, maybe give his, his joints and bones a little rest. Moving on to game four, the 76ers won again, 112 to 108. Um Joel Embiid came back, and he came back with authority, as we all expected. He scored 31 points. Um, D'Angelo Russell scored 21 for the Nets, but it wasn't enough. Um, He has some help, but at the same time, he doesn't have help, if that makes sense. The Nets are are based have a lot of players who are journeymen, I would say, who are, like, on their last stint or last team in the NBA or they needed to find a purpose D'Angelo Russell being one of them um he was a second overall pick for the Lakers but if you don't know or remember he is the one that caused the drama with Nick Young and Australian rapper Iggy Azalea if you don't remember that D'Angelo Russell was recording Nick Young talk about how many girls he was sleeping with as he was I believe dating or married to Iggy and he posted it online, and let's just say that did not go over well. Uh, Magic Johnson traded him, and the first thing he said about D'Angelo Russell is that he needs a leader. Um, so D'Angelo Russell is definitely taking advantage of his second chance playing for the Nets. Um, he was an all-star this season, which was great for him. Uh, he really showed that he could actually play in the league. I think he was just young and inexperienced. When we're young, we do stupid things, and... Him recording Nick Young was probably the stupidest thing he'll ever do in his life. Hopefully, knock on wood. 
Um, game five, the 76ers close out the series with Joel Embiid scoring 23 points in their 122-100 to 100 victory. D'Lo really struggled this game. D'Angelo Russell, if you don't know who D'Lo is, that's his nickname. Um, did not have ice in his veins as he was very cold, had a very cold shooting night, only scoring eight points on three of 16 shooting. Um, honestly, the Nets shouldn't hang their head about this season, though. They played really well. Um, nobody expected them to be this good. Coach Kenny Atkinson really coached a team up really well. Um, they developed players like Jared Allen, um, the emergence of Joe Harris, who's a journeyman who's been cut multiple times, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been a journeyman as well. Like When I say a journeyman, I mean they haven't been on a consistent team. They're guys that kind of just bounce around from team to team. I think they all found their home here in Brooklyn. And the Brooklyn Nets, I wouldn't be surprised if they landed a top free agent this summer. Um, I don't know if they're going to get a Kevin Durant, but they might get like a Jimmy Butler or a Kemba, a Kyrie. I know Kemba and Kyrie are both from that New York, New Jersey area, so that also helps the Nets. They could maybe persuade them with like a come home type deal. D'Lo has definitely resurrected his career here. Um, I hope he resigns here and stays here and they could build a team around him because he definitely showed he has the talent and potential to be the best team as he was an all-star this season. Um, I think people just gave up on him too quick. If you don't know this, not everybody's great at everything they do when you first try. Um, he came into the NBA, didn't play as well as expected, but at the same time, he was trying to play with an aging Kobe who still thought he had it. Let's be honest, he didn't. Kobe's a great player, but he did not still have what he thought he had left in the tank. And then when it comes down to the 76ers, like I mentioned, Ben Simmons needs to, to develop a jump shot. Um, it's really easy for teams to just key in on him and like give him a bunch of space. While watching the series, the Nets would back off him like five to like maybe seven feet and just watch him because they know he's not going to shoot it. And he he himself has no confidence and doesn't even look to shoot. He just looks to pass. And even though Jared Dudley isn't one to criticize Ben Simmons, as Ben Simmons is an all-star and will continue to be an all-star later into his career, um, he's not wrong. He doesn't have a jump shot, and he's average in the half court. If he's in transition, watch out. He'll he'll run right past you. He'll, he'll dunk all over you, but if he's not in transition, he has no ability to score. He could create off the dribble, but when the Nets have a rim protector like Jarrett Allen out of Texas, also shout-out to Texas again, um, They when you have a rim protector like Jarrett Allen, it's just a lot easier for the Nets to almost play a zone type defense to where they're man they're playing man on everybody else but Ben Simmons because they know he's not gonna he's know he's not gonna shoot and if they clog the paint there's nothing he could do. So he's really just a passer at that point. He's just a bystander. So they take him out of the equation. Um, this might be a formula for the next round team that whoever plays the 76ers to use just because it's easier to slow down Ben Simmons and you could just focus on Joel Embiid and uh, Jimmy Butler. Getting back to Joel Embiid, his leg injury is a huge concern. Um, I would like to see him be able to finish out the playoffs as I really think that the 76ers will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose to the Raptors, but if they have a healthy team, it wouldn't surprise me if they made it to the Finals. But this series, as as interesting as it was, it honestly just reminded me of like the middle child picking on the youngest child because... The Nets being the youngest child, hate to do that to you, Brooklyn fans, but you guys, you guys are ahead of schedule. Um, you're not the great team that you will be, hopefully. But 
the 76ers kind of picked on the Nets, I guess. They got into fights with them. But I don't think it's going to be the same next next series. They better step it up and maybe get rid of the antics a little bit. I know it's interesting and good for basketball, but you can't have Jimmy Butler getting injected for fighting Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons caught up in beef with Jared Dudley. You just can't have that. And hopefully they could maybe mature a little bit and move on. I think immaturity will definitely hold this team back and prevent them from winning a championship. So we'll have to see how that goes. The final series that I'll be talking to you about is the Celtics versus the Pacers. Uh, Boston was the fourth seed and Indiana was the fifth seed. This series was a lot better than I thought it would be. I'm going to be honest. Um, the Pacers were Victor Oladipo lists, meaning they didn't have their best player, their leading scorer, um, the spark that everybody on the team looks to. But the Celtics kind of gave them a chance this whole series. Uh, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward both were playing in their first playoff games in over a year just because of injuries they suffered last year. Um, if you don't remember, Gordon Hayward suffered that gruesome ankle injury <clears throat> against the Cavaliers. Lucky to have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back. Um, Kyrie scored 20 points in the first game. And it, the Pacers need con- contributions from everyone. You can kind of tell um, the the Pacers, the only way they're going to win games in the playoffs is if it's by a committee. They don't have one guy right now. I mean, because they don't have Victor Oladipo, who's their leading scorer in an all-star. Um, they need everybody to kind of contribute maybe like five or seven points. And they just couldn't get that this series. Uh, you could tell they only scored 74 points the first game. They lost 84 to 74. Um, game two, Ky- Kyrie and the Celtics won 99 to 91. Another lower, low scoring game. Uh, Kyrie scored 37 points, but the Pacers really they shot themselves in the foot to say the least. When it came down to the last five minutes, according to ESPN, the Celtics went on a 10 to zero run in the last five minutes, and what that means is. The Pacers were throwing the ball away. They couldn't inbound the ball. They were. They couldn't bring the ball up the court. They couldn't score. Like nothing was going right for them. Uh, Bohan Bogdanovich was the only bright spot for the Pacers. I think he scored twenty three points. Um, nothing to write home about for the Pacers though. Really, they need a second star, and like the Detroit Pistons and like the Orlando Magic, that star is not going to come in free agency. At least I don't think it is. Their best chance of having a star was keeping Paul George, and that ship has sailed. So they really need to draft better as well. Um, game three, the Boston Celtics won 104 to pace to the Pacers 96. Jalen Brown scored 23 points. A side story about Jalen Brown, I saw this cool quote published the other day by ESPN on their Instagram that his one of his teachers told him that they were going to look him up in the county jail in the in the near future when he was in school. So it's good to see that he didn't listen to that teacher and really shined as a great person and a great player. Bogdanovich was the the highlight for the Pacers scoring 15 points, but it was not enough. Uh, game four, where the Celtics finished the series off, they won 110 to 106. Close game again. I don't know the Celtics fans. I don't know if you're worried. I'll get I'll get to if you should be or not. Um, Gordon Hayward scored 20 points, which that's a bright sign for Celtics fans. As an Achilles injury is hard to come back from. Um, I know a lot of people just think that these pro athletes are going to bounce back and be who they were at their prime. That's just not how it works. I hate to say that, but it's just not how life works, I guess. Um, Gordon Hayward's definitely taken a long amount of time to kind of regain form. He got taken out of the starting lineup, um, kind of coming off the bench, maybe as like a six man. My thoughts on this series, though, this series should not have been as close as it was because the Pacers didn't have Victor Oladipo. 
But at the same time, if you're a Celtics fan, I'm not jumping off the wagon yet. Um, I just think they were expecting the the Pacers to kind of be a pushover team, a team that they could just sleepwalk through the series against because they didn't have Victor Oladipo, but the Pacers, they don't beat you with sheer talent and all-stars. They beat you with hustle and passing and just they beat you with basically fundamentals. As, as dumb as that sounds, they beat you with fundamentals. They're a fundamentally sound team that's going to hustle. If you play basketball, you know the teams that are out hustling, diving on the floor, like up in your face. Those teams are like the most annoying to play against, but that's really what the Pacers are. My final point about this series is the Pacers really need to surround Victor Oladipo with a helping talent. Um, I don't know if that's going to be through the draft, through trade. I don't really think they have any trade assets either. Um, Maybe they could trade a Miles Turner an Aaron Holiday who they just drafted. They don't really have anybody that stands out to other teams that has trade value per se, but maybe they could pick someone up in free agency, Uh, Victor Oladipo's sidekick. It's hard to tell. Only time will tell, I guess. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Give me any feedback you can. You can follow me on Instagram at Kevin underscore Borba. You can reach me at Twitter at KVNBRBA. Uh, Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll be coming back with a podcast with Kevin Hahn, and we'll be talking about the second round of the playoffs as he's covering the West side or the Western Conference of the playoffs. So if you need to learn anything about the West, I would recommend you listen to him. Um, I look forward to making more podcasts, and hopefully you guys enjoy them. Thank you.